This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, international photojournalist, Monica Morgan. Hey, what you drink? Okay, so I, I don't know if an introduction uh, will do justice to the guest that I'm going to bring to you now. This is someone who, if you don't know her, I guarantee you, you have seen her work. You've seen her creativity. And this is just like one of the people I get to hang out with, right? So I get to flex by saying, you know, you, you know this person. She is an international photojournalist, Miss Monica Morgan. Welcome to Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Galen. I am great. How are you? I'm honored to be here. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, I've been trying to get you to do this for a while now. So I'm just so excited that the time has finally come because this is going to be an, an incredible conversation because you have photographed literally, and uh, this is going to sound like I'm exaggerating, you photographed literally everybody. Uh, not only have you photographed them, but you actually have stories and usually relationships with all of them. And so that's what we want to hear today. Uh, so I got uh, a bunch of questions uh, that I I'm sure we're going to get to. But the first question and folks know they know what's coming. The most important question of the moment is, so what you drinking? I am drinking cappuccino in one of my Egyptian mugs that brings me luck Ooh. and reminds me that history is so important. And when I take photographs, I try to bring historical figures and icons and events to life through my camera. Oh, my gosh, that is amazing. And I know that there is a story behind the Egyptian mug, which we're going to have to get into uh, you know, since you're doing the cappuccino, I have tried desperately to get into cappuccinos and frappes and I, I've literally I've tried and I just I have not been able to do it. So I, I'm going to go back to something that I know since we're on whiskey, jazz and leadership. 
I'm going to drink some whiskey. You know, I, I think a lot about the whiskeys that I that I drink when I talk with my guests. I put a whole lot of thought into it. My, some say way too much. But this is a new one for me. This is a new bourbon whiskey. This is this is Penelope and it's not a new bourbon, but it's new to me. And when I saw it, I walked into the store and I saw the bottle and it's kind of a pretty bottle. It's got like flowers on it, you know, with a name like Penelope. It sounds like it might be polite and dainty. And uh, it's a, it's got a flower on it. And uh, it's, it's Penelope bourbon, but this is barrel strength. So this is 115.6 proof. So although it looks pretty it sounds pretty there's some real substance here so i'm gonna i'm gonna crack this open and let's go ahead and pour a little bit of this hey Lynn, that bottle reminds me of a bottle of of wine that i had that was given out at nelson mandela's 90th birthday party and also his 10th wedding anniversary i wish i had known i would have brought it is downstairs i could have shown it to you but it's a black bottle when it has the branches of a tree and it looks similar to that but it's a black bottle oh, white see. etchings on it see you you guys see what we're getting ready to get into you know, and she just mentioned, yeah, you know, Nelson Mandela's, you know, birthday party and just kind of in passing. And she kept going because th that, of course, is everyday experience for everyone. Right. Every everyone does that. So I I'm going to enjoy this Penelope and just as far back as you want to go. Tell everyone a little bit about who Monica Morgan is and how you got to be this person who can casually mention, you know, going to Nelson Mandela's birthday party and photographing a lot of the illuminaries that, that you have photographed and all these historical folks who use you as their official photographer. How does that happen? Where did that come from? If you can just share a little bit of that, I, I'm going to get into some Penelope. Well, when you said going back far, I think about my childhood. I wanted to be an actress. I was also interested in writing. My mother wasn't having it. She said, I am not going to feed you for the rest of your life. You are going to have to find something else to do. And since I enjoy eating, she terrified me when she said, nope, I'm not feeding you for the rest of your life. So I, I realized I might need to do something different. Little did I know it would be photography, but I started out in the third grade writing because I was an only child. I am an introvert, although people don't believe me when I say that. And so books, paper, pens, those became my friends and my comfort zones. So I could always write about someone else's life or join their life through the words on the pages and not have to always be me because I was shy. Although when it came to sports or different contests or things, I wasn't afraid to excel and step outside of my comfort zone, but it was always more comfortable being in. So little did I know that one day I would pick up a camera and I would find that it was my superpower and that it gave me the ability 
to do things that I always wanted to do and didn't have to hide behind someone else. I could actually pick up that camera, put it in front of my eye and take photographs that would take the attention off of me and put it on whomever I was documenting. Wow. I mean, that that is an amazing uh, demonstration of how our lives are a, a constant evolution. And we very rarely know at the beginning, a couple of people may know at the beginning, this is, this is what I want to do. But there is, there's usually a journey that we're on where we don't even know where we're going and how we're going to end up. And you have taken this, this thing that has, I love the way you described it as your superpower. And you have really been able to travel the world. You've been able to, uh, you've been able to meet a lot of amazing people and do things that, like I said, mere, mere mortals would, would be amazed with living just a 10th of your life. Talk a little bit about how you got into this, this place of being an international photojournalist. It was around 1994. And there was talk of the first RA selections. As a middle school student, I had always been interested in apartheid and Nelson Mandela. I couldn't believe that a potential slavery, if you will, existed during my lifetime. And so I had this desire to find out more. Well, in 1994, when there was talk of the 1994 first RA selections, I was asked by some of my friends, are you going? And I said, no, I'm not going to South Africa. That's not in the plan as if I had a plan. I just let things fall into place. So I was having lunch one day with Dr. Amina Omar, and she is the sister-in-law of Malcolm X. So we were having a conversation and she said to me, are you going to South Africa? And I said, no, I can't. I can't afford it. She said, well, just simply say you don't want to go. You don't choose to go because if you wanted to go, you would. Wow. You purchase anything else that you want to. You use credit cards if you don't have the money readily available. So don't say that's the reason. I thought about what she said. And then I thought about what another friend of mine said, which was Jacob Keeley, who was from Tanzania. He was one of my banking clients. And he said to me, you need to go international because once you become international, you'll no longer be the little girl next door with the camera. So as a result of what Dr. Omar said and Jacob said, I realized that my destiny lied in going to South Africa. And I want you to know, Galen, that I was I was afraid looking at the news reports and seeing the violence that was reported. It wasn't a place that I was excited about going. I live with my grandparents then, and I kept thinking, my grandmother is going to say it's dangerous, don't go. So once I bought the ticket, I'd always have an out because I could tell everyone, well, I was going to go, but my grandmother said, it's not safe, stay home. Well, Galen, she surprised me. She put a cross around my neck and she said, go with God. And I was like, no, what do you mean? No, you won't let me go across the street because it could be dangerous. And you want me to go to South Africa? I didn't let her know that. But I took a deep breath and, and I, I stepped on a plane and it changed my life forever. Wow. Okay. So how old were you when you were uh, on this plane? Wow. Let's see. 
So I was born in 1963. So that was 1994. I started my business full time in 1990. So I don't know, late 20s. Okay. So so you you're you're an adult, but you're still relatively young, and you're getting ready to travel around the world. You're really getting ready to go to the other side, other side of the world where in the papers, on the news, there is documented danger. And so rightfully you were, you were waiting for someone to save you, but no one came. And so you're on this plane, you're flying to South Africa. What are your thoughts while you're, while you're on the plane, getting ready to land? Are you think, are you calling yourself crazy? I became excited because it was an adventure once I got on the plane, once I saw the the various people and the different voices and the different cultures and nationalities, it started to say to me, you are actually going to a real another country, not Canada, which is across the street, not the Bahamas. You're going to a real actual foreign country. And so I got excited. But but I'll say that. I started to think a little bit for the first few moments about what I was getting myself into, not really having a plan. And even I tried to get insurance for this trip because I took a loan out and they wouldn't give me insurance. They said, nope, no insurance for that trip. So all of that was was, was playing in my mind. But I started to say to myself, all right, you're going to do this. Mm. This is it. And so when I I got off that plane. I was ready to hit the ground running. So uh, how do you go from being on a plane, challenging yourself to fly across the, the world to being able to take some amazing photographs of Nelson Mandela to actually being invited to his birthday party? That just seems like, I mean... I could see myself going to South Africa on a trip, but I could not see myself being invited by the president of the country and an icon, a global icon. I can't, I just can't imagine that. How does that happen? So Galen, let me, full disclosure, I was not invited to the birthday party. That was another, a whole nother story. There's always so many stories. Actually what happened, my work was on display in Nelson Mandela's museum in Kunu. It was a an exhibit juxtaposing his life with Rosa Parks's life. And so since I was Rosa Parks's official and personal photographer, some of my images were in that exhibit. I was invited to go to his museum and to see the exhibit. It just happened to coincide with the fact that he was having a birthday party. Now, let me share this with you. When I decided I wanted to go, the airline tickets were outside of my budget. And then I said, you know, I'm going to put this in God's hands. And I prayed. I said, God, all right, you know what you've done in the past. If this is meant to be, please make it happen. And I left it there. Well, there was a travel agent who was putting some other people's travel together. And he found a ticket, which was actually half of what I had been finding. And I said, okay, that's it. Yes, please book that ticket. Well, he didn't book the ticket because there were no rooms available. I said, oh, no, you don't understand. If the ticket became available in my price range, then it all else will, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. I know it will. 
And so I had him book the ticket. So I grabbed some 300 thread count sheets and I was prepared to sleep on the ground if I had to, but I was going because I felt like it was a part of my destiny. And when I got there, I was on the plane and there were people from the UN on the plane going to Kunu and everybody was going there for his birthday party. And I'm saying, if anybody hears about a room, now it's got to be a good clean room. Let me know. I need one. And there was a lady named Pinky from the UN. She was trying to help me bless her heart. So I ended up finding a room, a bungalow in the same place where those who were traveling uh, from Michigan were going to stay. We weren't all traveling together, but I found out there was an opening there. And so it did fall into into place. Now, fast forward a couple of days. It's his birthday party. And I'm watching all of these people from the top. The museum is up high and I'm watching all of these people go to the party. And we're hearing that his grandson is turning away people. That is scaring me, but I'm still thinking, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to say, hey, I'm Monica from Detroit. Like that matter. (laughs) Went down there, took a couple people that were at the museum uh, that were on the trip. And I said, we got this. And I was terrified. I watched them turn away the CEO of a major corporation. I said, okay. Mm. So I said, now's not the time. We left, went back up the hill, up the mountain to the, to the museum. And then I said, okay, this is it. I feel it. I feel it. And we went back. And there I connected with this lady. She was like a medicine lady, like a chief. And she had all this regalia on. She looked at me and smiled and I looked at her and smiled and somehow we communicated with each other. She said, come with me. Found out she had a relative that worked for the party. I ended up getting in. My colleagues ended up getting in, but I was told that I could not take photographs. Mm. Well, I wanted to say, if I can't bring my camera, I don't want to go. However, I figured if God had got me that close, he was not about to leave me. I got in. I'm terrified because I had my camera and I was going to use it no matter what. Got there. Nelson Mandela was doing a toast with Tabo and Becky, who had been his vice president. I took a photograph of that, put the camera up, hid it under my jacket like I could hide this huge camera. (laughs) And, and I had two bad knees then. I was bone against bone. So it was really hard. I couldn't get on the floor out the way. I, I mean, it was going to be seen that I had this camera. There was one other photographer. He was a South African photographer, which we, we, got, we, we got to know each other. Anyway, when it was time for him to blow out the candles on the cake, I was terrified, but it was worth it. I took the photograph and got it. That's how I got to Nelson Mandela. Oh, my gosh. And got a parting gift. I got that bottle of wine, which was oh. a party favor. And I have the program from the uh, birthday party. I have the menu and I have actual newspapers that were printed on the date of his 90th birthday. Okay. So, first of all, amazing story. Uh, just amazing story. But- uh, if you're listening, you notice that she just slipped in another name, right? Just like, oh yeah. So I was actually, you know, Rosa Parks's, you know, personal professional photographer. So I mean, it's like, and that is like every conversation I have with you, uh, Monica. It's like I could just be marveling at someone on the news, and you're like, yeah, I took took their photograph back in, you know, you know, 2005, and you know, they're actually a nice guy, and. And we're, we're, we were talking before we went live here about jazz music. 
And, you know, I said, you know, hey, look, you know, anyone who likes Al Jarreau is, is definitely a, a, a friend of mine because Al Jarreau connects me with my uncle. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, I took pictures of Al Jarreau and he's a really, really nice guy. As a matter of fact, we and I, he and I had this conversation. So that seems to be a reoccurring comment with you that, yeah, you know, I met that person, I took their photographs. Who are some of the other people that you have taken photographs of? Maybe you've even been their official photographer. Uh, so to you, it's just, you know, Albert. <laughs> but to us, it might be someone amazing. Just give, give me some names. Okay, so one I can mention now was Momar Gaddafi of Libya. He loved my work. He said my photographs captured his essence. Mm. And so I was able to go back and forth as a journalist and take photographs in Tripoli and at various organization of African unity meetings, or now it's called the African unity. So there were approximately 40-ish heads of state there. And there was me, the only African-American, oftentimes the only American and so, and the only African-American woman. So it was, it was amazing. A lot of the heads of state didn't speak English, but they called me Monica. They said Monica and Yasser Arafat was an honorary member. So I photographed Robert Mugabe. Actually, I was a guest in his country one time in Zimbabwe. I photographed Omar Bashir, who was a president of Sudan. I was a, a guest of his country and President Wade from Senegal. I was a guest in his country and and documenting lifestyles. Now, let me just say this. These things happen because of knowing people like Muammar Gaddafi. And the way that I met Muammar Gaddafi is not because he called me because he knew what I was doing. It was due to an invitation of Akbar Muhammad who is the international representative from the Nation of Islam. I'm not Muslim, but I am accepted into that culture. And so I was invited to go along with he and six other Muslim men, the only woman and the only non-Muslim woman wow. who went on this trip. And I ended up, I was taking photographs of Omar Gaddafi and somehow he noticed me. And that's a long story because his person, his, his protocol person said, no photographs and put his hand in front of my lens. And I was used to that happening sometimes. And I looked at Omar Gaddafi like, it's your loss. And so I didn't think anything of it, nothing of it. But Muammar Gaddafi called the guy over to him. They had a conversation. I'm, I'm just disgusted and devastated because I saw this photograph of Muammar Gaddafi in this chair with these presidents coming to greet him in this private area of the airport. And I wanted to take this majestic looking photograph. And so the gentleman whose name was Nuri Mismari, he was chief of protocol. He came back to me and said, I want to apologize for my treatment of you. And as a way of doing that, the leader has offered you an interview. I didn't want to interview him. I'm an <laughs> introvert. All I wanted to do was take my camera and take that photo right there. He said, no, 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 no. Where are you staying? And then it just became another story, another adventure. And it's too long to go into now. However, that is how I actually met Momar Gaddafi. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.